Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Andrew Adeni. He's an author, consultant, and speaker. Andrew, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So let's dive right in. You have a AAA Solutions LLC. What is that company about? That company is all about helping leaders win, uh, really coaching and consulting for small businesses, particularly through speaking engagements, content, uh, both digitally and written. Nice. And I saw you're, you're really into employee engagement, retention, and productivity. It's one of the most important things that is necessary, but yet very few people do it well. Why did you choose to focus on that aspect of business? I just feel like there, there are too many subpar leaders out there uh, who really just need to have the right toolkit, if you will, in order to succeed. And one of the main reasons I, I see leaders fail is by not being as intentional as they need to be about creating a really good workplace culture. And I think if more leaders focused in on that, they would um, have better business results, better turnover, um, more productive workforce, and ultimately a more engaged team. Let's, let's dive even deeper. You know, what, do you, what are ways that a, a leader could be more intentional relative to how they engage their employees? Yeah, so I like to break it up into three buckets. Um, I call it purpose, people, and process. Uh, the purpose component is really just talking about what is your why? You know, Simon Sinek has the book Start With Why. Excellent book if you haven't read it. But it really just talks about figuring out what your why is and allowing that to guide you as you make decisions. And that, that shows up through the, through the way of uh, mission statements, vision statements, and core values. So um, that's definitely a starting point. And then people, getting the right people on the bus, as Jim Collins talks about in Good to Great, and figuring out, are they in the right seat? And who's on the bus that we need to get off? Uh, it's also about creating a diverse and inclusive culture, one where you're really trying to appreciate your team so you can retain them. And then we also get into the process component, which really um, encompasses delegation, uh, supervision, providing feedback, and kind of ensuring that you're putting the bow on uh, your company culture. Nice. Now, how do you find the right people? Because frankly, you know, when, when you when you apply for a job, you put on a resume, you're obviously putting your best foot forward, and then obviously the interviewer is putting their best foot forward, but how do you actually go about finding the right people for a, a, a company? You know, how do you go about finding a mate? You know, it, it's one of those things where you know, you're intentional, but you're also letting it come to you. You have a process, potentially. Um, you're getting to know the, the person and then making the decision if you want to invest. And I like to think of hiring as, as somewhat similar. You know, I think one of the issues we find today is leaders don't spend enough time getting to know their applicants. You know, they, they want to marry an applicant after a 30-minute phone conversation, right? Um, you know, but if you're truly thinking, hey, I want this person to be a long-term a team member, I want this person to really be committed, you're going to spend some more time getting to know them, or at least you should. So I'd say the first piece of advice is slow down and take more time to ensure you're getting the right person on your team. Yeah, that's such great advice, Andrew. Again, it's so simple, but it, it makes sense because I'm thinking I haven't applied for a job in many, many years because I have my own company. But when I did many years ago, I'm like, yeah, it's like literally you go to an interview for like an hour or half hour, and then that decides whether you would work there. But mm -hmm. frankly, like you said, with the analogy of being married, because you spend so much time at work, but that's a great way to look at it in terms of 
thinking more long term and finding the various qualities you want. That's fascinating. Now let's talk about your book. You wrote a book called The Circle of Leadership. It's a great title, by the way. T tell us about that. What inspired you first of all to write a book about leadership? Um, so early in my career, I found myself working in one of the best divisions for an international retailer, um, but one of the best divisions in their United States operations. I was a high performer and I got the opportunity to relocate to Washington, D.C. to work for another division uh, to assist them in renovating their existing stores as well as opening new stores. And one of the first things I realized when I got there was it felt like a completely different company. It, it, it felt like I had just left the company that I, I thought was universal across divisions and it felt like I went into a completely new world. And when I really thought about it and reflected, I realized the difference, the two differences were the leadership of that division as well as the culture. So just seeing that situation, also being able to get the book knowledge from my master's program from Michigan State, I got to get the book knowledge while I was studying, while also getting the real life experience of just how detrimental it can be when you don't have a good culture. That's great. Can you dive a little bit more into your book? Some, some yeah. uh, high, high level points that you can share with our listeners? Yeah, so the circle of leadership is a framework about creating and leveraging culture. It talks about the three P's, purpose, uh, people, and process, and it talks about how you can create uh, this framework and, and, and this playbook uh, that you can refer back to on time and time again to be able to make sure your team is engaged. You know, if I think about the goal I would hope for a reader to get from the book, it's to one, understand how important uh, employee uh, or organizational culture is and how important it can be to your bottom line, as well as the different KPIs such as turnover, um, you know, retention numbers, productivity, and, and of, of course, engagement. You know, if you look at the Gallup polls today, you know, roughly two thirds of people hate their job. You know, not, not like, you know, dislike it a little bit, but like hate their job. And I think that's unfortunate. And I think by leaders focusing more time on organizational culture, I think we can change that. Great. And are there specific leaders that you admire that, that uh, like certain companies that you, that you admire that we could say, you know, that, that guy or gal is a, a very inspiring leader? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about Gary Kelly with Southwest Airlines, I mean, just think about the job Southwest has done over the years and, and how they've been able to establish a, a loyal following uh, of people. And, th and they'll tell you and he'll tell you it's the culture. You know, I think of uh, Walt Disney. Uh, company, you know, Lee Cockrell, who's a senior executive that I talk about in the book, you know, he talks about how training and hiring is, is what makes Disney different. You know, he boiled it down to, to those things. They just hire better than anyone else and they train better than anyone else. You know, I think of about Chick-fil-A, you know, who doesn't love a chicken sandwich? Right? But we all know it's, it's, it's not just the sandwich, right? It's the, it's my pleasure. It's the customer service, right? That starts with, with culture. So, there's so many leaders that you can look at and say, hey, these organizations weren't just born and um, they're not just thriving out of luck. There's something intentional that the senior leadership team has done historically to ensure that they have a really good culture. Yeah. And I want to stress the point because I, I, I travel a lot and, and I stay at, you know, three-star hotels, four-star hotels, five-star hotels. And whenever I see you, when you go to the Four Seasons of Ritz-Carlton, I mean, you have this impeccable service, but you don't have to be at a five-star hotel or like a Four Seasons to actually have that impeccable store. You can have that anywhere. And I find that unfortunately, a lot of places, they don't really have that culture of high standards. But when you do have this high standards, 
you don't have to have a luxury name to convey that sense of culture and high standards. So for, for you, I'm curious because we just had a, a prior guest and he, he teaches at a, at a B school in, at uh, University of California, Berkeley. And he actually, actually wanted to learn how students learn better. And it was all about diving into doing the actual work in business. And I was surprised because again, I haven't been in school for quite some time. So I'm curious for you in your master's degree, did you actually dive in and, and learn about businesses? Did you speak more? Was it more really experiential and practical or was it still more about you, you read a book, take a test? I'm just curious, how, why was that helpful or was it helpful in, 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 your, in your business school? Yeah, so I did, great question by the way. I saw, I, I did my master's program online. So I worked full time while I was studying and it's a master's in management strategy and leadership. Um, so in my roles, I've always been in executive, in executive level management and, and operations uh, where I have traditional you know, managers who report to me and then frontline workers as well. So that's always been the dynamic I've had for the most part. Um, also have, have a consulting experience, but uh, when it comes to the business school, I think it, it helps you out because you're able to get the book knowledge on what exactly it means to delegate or what supervision should look like, or how to go about certain HR strategies. But then you also get to live it, to say, okay, it's, it, it sounds nice when it's in a book, uh, even if there's a study behind it, but when we're actually talking about people, does it still measure up? And there's something about that experiential learning of hearing it from an educational standpoint, but then applying it. And I've noticed that those two together um, have really been exponential when it comes to my growth and understanding. That's great. And, and again, the, the very name of your school, the, the Michigan State Eli Broad, I mean, Eli Broad is one of the few entrepreneurs who created two multi-billion dollar companies in KB Homes and Sun America. So his name bears that, uh, his, that school. So Andrew, thanks so much for being on our podcast. How can our guests stay in touch with you and more importantly, buy or read your book? Yeah, absolutely. So the best way to interact with me is going to be on LinkedIn. So my name is Andrew. Last name is A-D-E-N-I-Y-I. That's A-D-E-N-I-Y-I, first name Andrew. You can uh, search me on LinkedIn, uh, very active there. A lot of times posting articles or just comments and thoughts, et cetera. Um, you can also feel free to send me an email directly or message me throughout LinkedIn. My email is my last name, A-D-E-N-I-Y-I-1906 at gmail.com. Andrew, thanks again for your time. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to our Gifters podcast. If you want to turn your story into a successful speaking or coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com for details.